0: Welcome to Popcorn and Compliance, a podcast series where we take a look at movies and try to mine them for leadership and compliance lessons learned. I'm going to begin a series with my colleague Richard Lummis, where we're going to look at movies, and we're going to focus a little bit more on leadership than compliance, but we'll also talk about some of the compliance lessons learned that you can use as you move forward Moving up the ladder to hopefully become a Chief Compliance Officer. It's going to be a fun series. I know you'll enjoy Richard's insights. He's got some great insights. Obviously, a little little bit different than Jay Rosen and Megan Doherty, but that's what makes this series so great. I know you will enjoy it. Today, Richard Lummis and I take up one of the great all-time boxing movie favorites, Oscar-winning Rocky. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, right back. Hello, this is Richard Lummis, and I'm here with Tom
1: Fox for another episode of Today, 1976 Best Picture winner Rocky, starring Sylvester Stallone with Burgess Meredith, Talia Shire, Burt Young, and Carl Weathers. Directed by John Avildsen, name, whose name was not familiar to me, but he also directed Lean on Me and the Karate Kid movies. It had a budget of just over a million dollars, but went on to gross $225 million. The film has had seven sequels to date and launched Stallone's career. Considered one of the best sports films ever made, ranking number two on the American film Institute's list behind Raging Bull. It received 10 Oscar nominations and won three, Best Picture, Best Director, and Film Editing. Stallone supposedly wrote the screenplay in three and a half days after watching Muhammad Ali, TKO, Chuck Wepner, the Bayonne Bleeder, in 15 rounds. The plot's pretty straightforward and no doubt familiar to our listeners. Rocky Balboa is a semi-professional boxer in Philadelphia whose day job is as a leg breaker for a loan shark. Apollo Creed is the flamboyant heavyweight boxing champion who has a fight scheduled for July 4th, 1976 in Philadelphia. His opponent's forced to withdraw with a hand injury five weeks before the bout, and no ranked opponents are available, so he decides to give a local nobody the chance to fight him. He picks Rocky Balboa based mainly on his nickname, the Italian Stallion. Side plots include Rocky developing a relationship with Adrian, played by Talia Shire, and tensions between Rocky and Paulie, Adrian's brother, and Mickey, who now wants to be Rocky's manager after abandoning him earlier in the movie. Rocky trains hard for the fight, running and punching sides of beef, as well as working on technique with Mickey. The actual fight only occupies about 15 minutes of screen time. Rocky knocks Creed down in the first round, and the two proceed to pummel each other for 15 rounds before Creed wins a split decision. Acting performances were much better than I remembered, and the movies held up extremely well. Tom, what do you have to say about this one?
0: Richard, I was really surprised in not only re-watching this movie, but in doing research for this podcast about the leadership lessons from Rocky. I had found it to be not only a ton of fun, but also a film that was one that inspired me. I think from the sports perspective, certainly it has that inspirational tone. I was really intrigued to see if we could really explore some of the leadership lessons. But first, I wanted to talk about some of my favorite scenes and perhaps ask you about some of yours I had two favorite scenes that I wanted to discuss and the first is the first running scene I think the scene where the second and final running scene where he runs to Philadelphia and ascends the steps of the spect- or of ascends the steps and throws his hands over his head uh, everyone's familiar with that with a stunning theme playing in the background but I was more intrigued with his first run first of all he drinks an egg and if you've ever drank a raw egg, you certainly appreciate that, uh, uh, willingly or not. Second of all, he's so out of shape, and he's clearly out of shape, but he has a discipline to get up and run. And that always struck me as a key thing that I needed to remember. The second scene was he is Polly, his future putative brother-in-law, and a brother of Adrian lets him go into the meat locker and punch sides of beef and to toughen him up. And as a part of that, he breaks the ribs of the beef slabs that are hanging there, and that ends up on a advertisement, or a rec- rather, perhaps a, tel- a local television segment that a Creed's team sees to help. The television segment is to promote the fight, and that punching scene also really struck me as a commitment, along with the first running scene. And it was a commitment to not simply working hard, because a lot of athletes and a lot of leaders work very hard, but a commitment to perhaps do things differently in a way that certainly took you outside your comfort zone, but also prepared you for what was later to come. Did you have a couple of favorite scenes as well?
1: Yeah, I do, And I agree about the first running scene. And immediately prior to that, I, get, I think the Lone Shark character pulls a cigarette out of Rocky's mouth and says, you're in training. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I thought the scene where Apollo's corner man is watching him on TV, watching Rocky on TV, pummel the sides of beef, and, uh, and basically he tells Creed, you need to pay attention, this guy doesn't know this is a joke, uh... And then I guess one of my other favorite scenes was the end of the fight, where they're in a clinch and Creed saying, there ain't going to be no
0: rematch. <laughs> well, you said only se- seven series sequels? <laughs> only seven sequels to
1: date, yes. So apparently there's an early Rocky in the works. But I really liked the scenes with Apollo Creed. I thought he was a very interesting character in terms of being very intellectual and focused on marketing and his brand. The punching of the carcasses was apparently based on Joe Frazier he used that as an actual training technique, and then the uh, the scenes where Adrian is really just blossoming. She starts right. out as as extremely mousy and shy, but she starts wearing pretty clothes and stuff. And I, I just I'd forgotten about a lot of this movie. I hadn't seen it in a long time, but
0: uh, but yeah. So there were several lessons that, uh, really leadership lessons that I took away, and I wanted to maybe split them into some of the characters that we've talked about and then maybe end up with the final fight scene. But from Rocky, I got the lesson that no one owes you anything. You only owe yourself. And I think the arc and trajectory of Rocky throughout this picture really showed that. Uh, you mentioned the, uh, the, ba- the boun- not the bouncer, but the, uh, the leg breaker enforcer role he had for the mob, and then moved up. They showed a couple of his amateur fight scenes. They showed him lacklusterly training with the Mick in an early scene. And all of that seemed to really drive home the message that at the end of the day, it's you. It's not outside forces. It's not society, although perhaps we can talk about that in another movie, I Blame Society, in a cross-cultural reference. Nevertheless, no one owes you anything. You owe it to yourself. So I thought that was a good lesson from Rocky. The second lesson was to get the work done. And the inspirational part for me as a high school athlete in that time frame was the training scenes. And He did a lot of training, lots of sit-ups, lots of pummeling, stomach, lots of running, lots of jump rope, lots of obviously sparring. And one thing I'm not sure we have really explored in this podcast series is the need to train not only to become a leader, but actually after you become a leader. For instance, in the corporate world, do you have training on crisis management? Do you have training? We both sit here in Houston. Do you have training for resilience in your operations if a hurricane hits? Do you not only think about those risks, but do you train for those risks? And I'm not sure that's really thought about in terms of leadership, but it really drove home to me the issue of the training. And then the final thing, which perhaps is the Hollywood story part, is the underdog component. Rocky is clearly an underdog. We all love underdogs. And if you have that sort of mentality, I think that can be a driving force for you. It may be hard to see Amazon or Google or Facebook as an underdog. But if you think about the fact, I always think about Satchel page that if you turn around and look, you might see somebody coming after you and catching up to you. That driving force, I think, can help you maintain a leadership position. Did you see anything new or different, perhaps from Rocky? I thought that was, that's
1: an interesting point about the training for so many different things because one of Apollo Creed's problems is that he has too many balls in the air. He forgets about training for the fight because he's focused on the marketing and the advertisements and everything else about building his brand but he forgets about the basis of the brand which is the ability to punch people and so I thought that was an interesting point The other thing is Rocky's lack of self-respect in the beginning he he's not even a very good leg breaker he's he's entirely too merciful and he doesn't understand that the loan shark wants him to break the guy's thumbs who owes him 200 bucks so the guy said oh i'm 20 grand will pay up but anyway the it is a movie of course so rocky magically develops self-respect and self-discipline instead of having to work at it over years like the rest of us
0: So next, I wanted to turn to some lessons from Mick, or Mickey the Trainer, and just a fabulous role by Burgess Meredith. If you understand this next reference, I will not comment on your age, but I, Burgess Meredith, was the ultimate penguin, but as Mick, he just was just perfect for that role. But there were some things, leadership lessons, that I thought were worth talking about from him, and the first one, once again, is around training, but it's not the different types of training, it's the repetition and he had some very basic training techniques, but it was repetition. It was sit-ups. It was push-ups. It was one-arm push-ups. It was running. It was jump rope. It was uh, with the bag. It was sparring. It was taking punches to your gut, repetition. And once again, I'm not sure, certainly we have focused on that in this podcast series of repetition, but it goes back to the training component I talked about. As a leader, do you have your company ready for a competition, for a fight, for a potential risk that you see on the horizon. And so I thought that was a good lesson. The second thing was, I think we can probably safely say Mick was about as low-tech as you can get. And in today's world, certainly in leadership, in various corporate disciplines, technology is seen to be on the cutting edge and a forefront to move us into another level of efficiencies and business process. But while tech can be a great business advantage, you, it really drove home for me the message, you cannot forget the human element. And this was really driven home in the movie with the tying of his shoes together with a long string. Yes. And Mick said he got this from Rocky Marciano or this training technique and it allowed Rocky to work on his footwork in a way he had not done. Every time I hear AI is going to take jobs away, AI is really going to move us away from humans, the first thing I ask is, did I miss the memo that Skynet has become self-aware? Because if I did, i like that memo. But second is, you're never going to take away the human element because you have to have a human interpret it. You have to have a human take that information, whether it's data analytics or whatever it is, and utilize that going forward. And there, Mick utilized that information in a way that I thought was significant. And then the third lesson from Mick, tying into one theme that I've talked about throughout this podcast, which is practice for the worst. And the scenes where... He had someone with weighted gloves hit Rocky in the stomach. I thought really drove that message home because the gut shots, the gut punches, I think is what damages fighters and puts them in position where they're knocked. Clearly, everybody thinks about the one knockout punch, but it's those continual gut punches that get you to drop your guard leading to a knockout punch near the end of the fight. So he was really practicing for the worst and helping rocky get ready in that manner.
1: Yeah, I thought the Burgess Meredith was wonderful and researching this, he apparently he appeared in four different Twilight Zone episodes, which is I think tied for the most, but the whole string with on the shoes was also about balance and the importance of balance, which I thought was a nice metaphor. The other thing about the role was that he had abandoned rocky because he was disgusted that he was just a waste of natural talent because he lacked any self-discipline and drive to train and get better. And then he had to go grovel to Rocky to get the job as his manager. And he was willing to do that. And I think he recognized an error. I'm not sure how to put it because he was right that Rocky was just a waste until he got this miraculous chance. But uh, but anyway, so be careful about people on the way... I'm way up.
0: <laughs> we both have played in the energy industry for many years. And one thing I've learned is that the person that works for you today, maybe your boss tomorrow, your boss today, maybe your boss again, you may be riff today and you may be back with the same team in six months. So maintain civil relationships. I think with your coworkers, those who work for you and those who you work for is a good point as well.
1: Now, what what do you think about the character of Apollo Creed?
0: First of all, absolutely loved Apollo Creed. Carl Weathers was made for this role in in every way, shape, and form. The scene you referenced a little bit earlier, I think, absolutely spoke to the biggest mistake that Creed made, which was he uh, took Rocky too lightly. But I'd like to maybe talk about it in in a little bit different light, which was that clearly Apollo Creed was the intellectual force in this movie. And he thought about the boxing fight. He thought about the giving a Tiv No Name a chance on July 4th. You're correct about the Italian Stallion connection, all the way to the costume that he wore as George Washington coming into the fight. He really thought about all of this. He thought about his brand. He thought about his image. And the part, though, that you also correctly identified was the part of his brand he forgot was his relationship to his fans. And that relationship was based on being the world's greatest fighter. And if he had remembered that, and it really drives me to this message, that as much as we have talked about training in this podcast, the greatest muscle is them. And that you have to continually work your mind Which Creed did, but he had a blind spot and he developed that blind spot. And as we saw, he was successful in this fight. I suppose we shouldn't spoil anyone who hasn't seen Rockies (laughs) two through seven, so we won't say what may or may not happen in subsequent fights. But uh, it really drove home the message that the mind is the greatest muscle. And then I joked a little bit about Satchel Page a little bit earlier about not looking behind you because somebody's going to be catching up, but I think in business you have to be. You have to be cognizant of your competition. You have to be cognizant of what they're doing. Uh, One of my observations, I work for a major energy company, and that a company that got a lead in one particular area, whether it might be technology, whether it might be products, services, some innovation, typically they would ride that innovation as long as they could and a competitor's response would not be to have take that innovation and run with it. They would develop a new innovation, and they would jump over us or the company that started with Innovation 1, and it was a series of jump steps. So I think it's always important to see what your competition is doing. I think it's always important to have good business intelligence, and I think that's something that a leader needs to be cognizant of what's going on around them. In many of the podcasts we've talked about, we talk about politics, we talk about social, we talk about other types of reputational damage. Actual commercial competition is something that's important.
1: That's an interesting point because people seem to think that innovation is new, that change is something that was not present in the world before the modern day. And that's just not quite the case. Perhaps we should explore that. Well, the, one of the other things about this movie that I had forgotten was that Rocky, early on, changes his goal. He uh, he doesn't want to win the fight. He just wants to last 15 rounds. And so at the end, he triumphs because that's what he does. What do you think about that, is that the importance of setting your goals properly?
0: Well, I think that's important, but the I guess that's a great point or segue to your goals can change. So I can remember when I desperately wanted to write a book. I wrote a book. And then I thought, what's my next book going to be about? And that was 17 books ago. And now, how do I write a better book? Or when we started this podcast, I don't suppose it would be an insult to either of us to say we probably weren't as good then as we are now. And we are much more prepared. We're much more self-assured. We have a much more, I think, better understanding of what we're trying to bring to this podcast and the leadership's tips, techniques, and strategies. So your goals can change and the as Rocky, but he set a basic goal that I thought was achievable, which he did achieve, and he moved towards that, but that doesn't mean your goals can't change, and it doesn't mean that you can't have personal growth in terms of your goals.
1: What you could say about the subsequent movies, that whether they're really just remakes of this or not, but I guess that's right. I mean, some of these lessons are really timeless.
0: So actually, I wanted to end, Richard, if I could, with some lessons from the fight, because you talked about that. And the other point that you raised a little bit earlier that I absolutely agree on is I had, in my mind, thought the movie was about the fight. It's really not. And certainly, uh, the fight is a part of it, but it's only 15 minutes. And the fight scenes were just fabulous. It was choreographed incredibly well. I don't know how long it took them to film that, but they worked very long and very hard the one thing that I think subsequent movies did more and better was they had more and better fight scenes. But this was the one that started it. And it was a revelation in 1975 or 76 when it came out. And it's, the scenes are still great. But some of the lessons that I took away from the fight scene at the end of the movie was, number one, it's not how hard you get hit. It's about, or rather, how hard you can hit. It's about how hard a punch you can take. And Rocky certainly took some big punches in that. So did Creed. You mentioned the first round knockout. And uh, Rocky went to the body against Creed throughout the fight, and Creed took those. I was, When I watched that, I guess I remembered or, or what struck me was the first Ali Frazier fight when Frazier just continued to walk into punches after punch from Ali in the face so he could deliver a body shot. And that's eventually what knocked Ali down was a body shot. But you have to be prepared for the worst. Go the distance. You mentioned that was his goal. And for Rocky, that was a long-term goal for that particular event. And he went the distance. And as a goal, it was an appropriate goal. There's a couple of other things that struck me in the research. One was leaders as storytellers. And once again, I don't think this is something we have particularly focused on in this podcast series. But as a leader, you have communicate with a variety of stakeholders. Obviously, you have a board of directors. You have shareholders It may have key investors. You have senior leadership. You're certainly going to have corporate heads. You're going to have customers, clients, but you've also got employees. And you need to present to them a coherent and cogent story that will not only enable them, but also move them forward. Leader as storyteller. What's the narrative of your... And perhaps finally is when the, once again, drawing from our energy industry experience, it's <clears throat> Not all roses in the energy industry, and sometimes you hit dry holes, and so you've got to go back in there, and you have to go back in when it's tough. And when the market's down, you still have to go in there, you still have to innovate, you still have to uh, move forward. So uh, go back in when it's the tough
1: one. of the things about all these movies is the, uh, the glorification of the ability to take punishment. And Rocky's character could charitably be described as dim, but still the, the number of headshots he takes would seriously be an issue for his cognitive functioning later on.
0: I guess uh, perhaps we should uh, we should give our recommendations. I certainly recommend this movie, Richard. I think it's still a ton of fun. It's still, You're right, it still holds up su- surprisingly well. And I hope that some of our listeners will go view it and uh, take a look at it perhaps with a little bit different perspective.
1: I have not seen all seven sequels, but I have to say, as I said before, earlier this movie held up really surprisingly well for me I think three is probably still my favorite but right uh, but this one was was excellent and definitely go check it out if you have not already so on that note for now this is Tom Fox and Richard Lummis wouldn't we hope you'll listen in next time
0: this is Tom Fox again hope you've enjoyed this episode of popcorn and compliance if you haven't checked out my newest short series never the same I hope you will do so It's a series focused on how business has changed forever after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I did this with Brandon Daniels, CEO, President at Exeter. We took up five topics, supply chain, trade and economic sanctions, and I brought anti-corruption compliance, cybersecurity, and ESG. I know you'll enjoy it and find it very interesting. All on the Compliance Podcast Network. We look forward to visiting with you again